0: Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I am glad that you have joined me for this midweek man. I wanted to build again on uh, revival and certainly toward our uh, revival time that we will have together this coming up Sunday. Uh, Very happy to announce that the Reverend Joel Carter is going to be blessing us both in the morning time and in the evening with a spirit-filled Revival. So let me open up with a word of prayer, and then there's some things that I'd like to share with you this afternoon. Let us go to the Lord, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, I believe, Lord, that the time is now for revival—a personal, spiritual revival, a church-led. Revival, Lord, we have the blessing, the gift of God of being led by the Spirit and being blessed with a pastor whose uh, passion is revival for His church, for the universal church, Lord. So bless and anoint Reverend Joel Carter as he comes and gives us the word. Come Sunday, Lord, bless this time of midweek manna. May Uh, May it be an offering, Lord, of grace. May it be an offering, Lord, of revival. May this be the very spark, O God, that creates a a, a fire of the Holy Spirit throughout our church and denomination, O God, that indeed uh, creates this um, power, Lord, and this desire, for a revival. Lord, from start to finish, bless this time together. Lord, and our walk with you in Jesus holy name. Amen. So, I'm turning to the disciplines this morning for uh, a time of devotion. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 7 verses 29 through 31. So, I invite you to turn in your Bibles there now. It says this from St. Paul. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping, weeping rather, or their joy or their possessions Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, the writer here uh, offers this. Paul was concerned with what holds our highest attention, earthly concerns, or God. Essentially, he asks, Are you consumed with things of this world, your marriages, your emotions, your possessions? Are you preoccupied with today? Or are you captivated with God and the new world that God promises? These questions are still very relevant for us today, the writer says. What preoccupies your time, your thoughts, and your desires? Are you immersed in concerns that draw your attention to what the world offers, your own happiness and possessions? Or are you absorbed with God and serving God? As a hospice chaplain, I met a woman whom I'll call Florence. Florence was dying of cancer. We talked weekly for many months, and I learned much from her. Florence taught me that choosing God over temporal preoccupations is difficult because we have love and attachments. She also taught me that it is possible and necessary to make that important choice. We often talked about her sorrow at the thought of leaving her beloved husband, her children, her grandchildren, and how she chose God even while knowing the pool of earthly loves, Until her final breath, she loved her family, but she chose God as her ultimate preoccupation. Paul acknowledges our temporal concerns and loves, but reminds us of a higher, more important preoccupation. Paul challenges us to look to God as our first and highest loyalty. Is that easy? No. It's unusually difficult. With God's loving presence, though, and the witness of people like Florence, it is, in fact, possible. And she offers this prayer, and let me pray it for us. O God, whose love constantly seeks me and whose care never falters, show me the way to give it to you with my utmost loyalty and to be preoccupied only with you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. So the thought, of course, uh, from this devotion is, can we, uh, in this new year, in this moment, in this day, be totally preoccupied with the Almighty God? Something for us to pray about, something for us to journal about, something for us to, quite frankly, wrestle with. Can you be totally preoccupied with God, given the fact that the world, right, is pulling at us each and every day. I think it starts with prayer and being rooted, being anchored uh, in the Word of God and what God is constantly doing, what God ultimately uh, has done before, and what God will do. Let us preoccupy ourselves with those uh, promises uh, above all. So let me uh, make a transition now to just some thoughts about uh, revival, A- and what what I'm going to encourage you to do, because I want you to read it, I'm just going to hit the highlights here, uh, is to refer uh, to this article that we will have attached for you in this video, entitled this, please write this down, it is A Brief History of Spiritual Revival and Awakening in America, by Patrick Morley. Who wrote this article? June fourth in twenty nineteen. Okay, uh, so refer uh, to to that article. Uh, there are lots of great insight into into a spiritual revival and its past, um, and, uh, and certainly what what it is uh, encouraging us and pushing us toward to uh, now. So let let me open up with this. Question and then then I'll hit some highlights here from this article. My question is this uh, for you: uh, Is the church in need of a revival right now in this moment? Okay, both uh, in the in the U.S. of A. but also globally. Is it time for a revival? Okay, now here's uh, something that uh, that I found just kind of looking back in history, being a a lover and a student of history myself, how many movements of revival there were, okay, since, uh, in fact, the 18th century, which uh, began in in this uh, particular first movement of revival with the Great Awakening, okay, uh, which uh, began from 1734, okay, to 1740. 43. It, it kind of began there. So what What I'd like to do is just kind of count off the, the many different revivals, and I'll let you go back and read through them. So uh, it began with the Great Awakening, okay? Uh, from there, the second Great Awakening from 1800 to 1840, the businessman's revival of 1857 to 1858, the Civil War Revival of 1861 to 1865, the urban revivals from 1875 to 1888, uh, the revivals of 1905 and 1906. Okay, the Azusa Street revival in 1906, the post World War II awakening. Okay, that kind of is. Is divided up into several different revivals under that one umbrella. The Charismatic Renewal renewal and Jesus Movement of the late 1960s and the 1970s, the mid 1990s revival, the Promise Keepers revival of the mid 90s. Okay, did you hear all of those different movements of revival? there was a a spiritual awakening that uh, happened in all of these revivals so as I was reading through this article here's one of the things that came to my mind as I was uh, reading this offering from Mr. Morley and and that is what brings about revival okay a a spiritual um, laxity if you would Uh, Is it the fact that people of faith have become uh, complacent? I I think it's that and so many other things. Now, I'll offer this for our own denomination of the United Methodist Church, and it's simply this. Complacency breeds compromise okay and and when that is felt when that is known when you have factions within any denomination or local church or big church if you will okay at one another's throats my question is this okay have we become a complacent people as christians complacency then breeds what compromise and I ask you that as United Methodists in this very moment have we come to that point are we in fact in need of a revival once again to turn our hearts to turn our spirits once a God, once again not on self and selfishness but on God Almighty I leave you with that this day to say and to follow up with this 10 spiritual characteristics for renewal and revival that I think could benefit any denomination any local church any individual believer this day let me run through those and I'll let you read through them and unpack them further number one is timing okay timing Revivals emerge during times of spiritual and moral decline. Hello, hello, are you listening to that? Which leads to intense prayer. Secondly, and a great transition, is that very thing, that very spiritual discipline of prayer. God puts a longing into the hearts of many to pray then for revival, Mr. Morley writes. Thirdly, and on through, number 10, the Word. The preaching or reading of God's Word brings deep conviction and desire for Jesus Christ. Number four, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes people to a spiritual depth they could not achieve on their own. Conviction. Sinners, then, are inconsolable. Without the redeeming mercy, okay, and the forgiveness of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory for God. God receives praise, honor, and glory for then bringing us revival that is totally, totally Spirit led. Reformation and renewal. Revival produces lasting fruit. New ministries are founded in societies experiences a reform of morals and more people than in fact come, Lord, to Jesus Christ. Manifestations, okay, manifestations like fainting and groaning prayer and miracles vary by culture and denomination. And in those different movements of revival, you'll you'll read certainly about that. (laughs) I like this one, messy, messy. Pay attention to that one. Messy. Revivals are messy. Controversy swirl about miracles, excesses, suspicions, and theological disputes. And Mr. Morley writes, and there are so many more, but it begins to stir the pot, okay? And then cyclical. Revivals inevitably crest and then decline. So he uh, concludes this article by saying is America ripe for spiritual revival today okay is the United Methodist denomination ripe for revival today your pastor's personal opinion yes and we're long overdue for a spiritual revival it can start right here church at Benton United Methodist Church, and then spread from there. But it's got to start somewhere. Okay? Are we right for revival? Yes and amen. Let me offer a word of prayer for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as that great psalm from Psalm 85 spoke to us, verse 6, Lord, revive us again. Revive our hearts. Revive our spirits lord revive our churches revive lord our denomination oh god it's you and you alone lord that can do this division divisiveness hatefulness it doesn't work lord it only brings us down it doesn't lead us forward lord revive us once again lord we place lord your Holy Spirit upon this revival that Joel will lead us through. Anoint him, Lord, anoint us as he delivers, Lord. I pray that we are listening with our spirit ears and with the ears of our hearts, ready, Lord, to be transformed. We ask this in Jesus' holy and blessed name. Amen. And amen. Church, you have a blessed day this day. Uh, If you are able to be here Sunday morning at 8.15 or 10.30, please do. Uh, I'm going to ask that you return if you can be there in person Sunday evening at 6.30. That'll give us enough time to eat and then come to church to hear some more preaching from Joel. Please, if you cannot be there in person come Sunday, please watch it online. Take care. And God bless you. And may God once again revive us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.